Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good evening, Jundo. How are you Let's today? Let's dance. I'm dancing. Spin with me, Kirk. Grab my hand. Around and around we go. You're in England, I'm in Japan, but we're dancing together. Uh, hard to see on a podcast, I know, but the whole world is dancing. Well, particularly yes, on an audio it is. podcast. If, if it was a video podcast, we could maybe pretend. But we are dancing. The whole world is dancing. Even when we're sitting still, the world is spinning. The wind is blowing. Our hearts are beating. The blood is flowing. Everything is dancing. The grass, the trees, the stars. The universe is a dance. Even my cat here, who's by the microphone, if you can hear him, he's dancing too. Some listeners may notice that you slipped in a subtle introduction to this week's episode, which is called The Zen Master's Dance, which yes, it is. coincidentally is the title of your new book. Which coincidentally was released from Wisdom Publications five days ago and is now available everywhere in the universe. Well, not entirely. So if anyone listening wants to get the book, um, I'm in the UK and the book, the hard copy book won't be available for a month, but the Kindle version is. Uh, Wisdom doesn't send their books around the world very quickly to distributors. So depending on where you are, you can probably get the Kindle version immediately or other ebook versions. But the physical book, you may have to wait a few more weeks. The Zen Master's Dance, a guide to understanding Dogen and who you are in the universe. Now, I've known you for a long time, but am I really yes. going to understand Dogen if I read this book? Because Dogen right. is not easy to understand. You're not only going to understand Dogen, but you're going to understand who you are in the universe. Now, first, we should again tell folks who may not know who Dogen was. Yes, very important. Dogen was a 13th century Japanese Zen master who lived in a monastery in the snowy mountains of Echi Zen Prefecture. He went to China in his youth and brought the Soto way of Zen to Japan, and it is his tradition that continued from the century to century until us today. This is who Dogen was, but this man who lived in the 13th century has much to teach us about how we need to live here in the 21st. And we need that man's lessons, I'm telling you. I don't think we've ever discussed the name Soto Zen. Where does that come from? Is Dogen the person who gave this strain of Zen that name? No, 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 no. It is actually in Chinese, the Saodong lineage, which uh, scholars have debated this, but <clears throat> I'm going to get really wonky with you right now. The Dong of Saodong is for our great uh, early ancestor. Dong Shan, who was a great Zen master who is considered the source of the lineage. But the Sao of Sao Dong comes from Sao Xi. And Sao Xi, as we all know, is a name for, yes, Hui Nong. Hui Nong <laughs> is the sixth ancestor who is considered one of the, with Bodhidharma, one of the 
the maybe the great progenitor the uh of the Zen tradition in China, and his temple was in Shi, and they took the Sao from Sao and the Dong from Dongshan, and then we have the Sao Dong, which, as we know, is Soto in Japanese. Glad you asked. Right. So uh, Chinese and Japanese uh, can use the same characters, and what happens is that certain characters are pronounced yes. differently. Um, so Sao is pronounced So, and Dong is pronounced To, so we get Soto. But yes, I think it's good that I asked because I actually didn't know all of that, all the detail. Now you know. Okay, so your book starts out with a chapter, How to Read Dogen. And yes. again, Dogen is really hard to read. Um, what's the secret? The secret is to not make the mistake that I think a lot of folks do. The mistake is to try to understand every sentence of Dogen intellectually, as if it was a work of philosophy. What is he trying to say? Frankly, a lot of it is what he was feeling. I call him a Zen jazz man, like a guy who picked up his horn and blew the notes because it was what he was digging, what he was feeling. And I believe he meant what he said, but it wasn't always in an intellectual way. And the other thing about Dogen is he's trying to express the deep interconnection of the universe. And for that reason, a lot of his language is about things interpenetrating and being other things. And I can give you, I'm going to give you an example or two if, if in a minute, but some of what you have to remember about Dogen is sometimes he's expressing classic Zen and Buddhist teaching. Sometimes he's putting his little twist on things. And sometimes, man, he is just making the sound making the music. So he's like a great jazz musician playing the standards and kind of taking them apart and putting them back together again. Yeah, I compare him to Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner. You don't say, what did Hendrix mean by that note? You can feel it, you know, and you can feel the passion. Or Coltrane playing My Favorite Things. Yeah, no, Coltrane and My Favorite Things. You know, My Favorite Things was uh, the lovely Julie Andrews on the mountain. Uh, the hills are alive with the sound of music. That's not that's not my favorite things. That's not my favorite things. Oh no no no! My favorite things is da 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 da. You I got don't know it. The words. Sorry, sorry. You're right. You're right. That's my favorite things. And then Coltrane takes it, twists it up, syncopates it, turns it upside down. We're going to have a link to uh, Coltrane doing this. Sure. That you can put on. People will hear it right away. And that's what Coltrane did to the standard, the classical teachings. And Dogen did the same thing to the classical teachings of Buddhism. And Picasso did it to a table and a, and a flower, you know. And, and uh, James Joyce did it also kind of word jazz. This is who Dogen was. So you got to approach Dogen. You can't say, oh, I don't understand this. Get the feel. Get the feel for what he was doing. So Dogen's best-known work is the Shobogenzo. It's in 95 fascicles. A fascicle is just a chapter. Right. It's, it's a long work in, in translation. In English, it's, what, about 800 pages, all of it together. Yeah. One of the problems with reading something like that, and you and I, both being translators, know that there are many ways you can translate texts. And there are a few different versions in English. 
Um, but even in Japanese, you have to read a translation, don't you? Right, right. And, and Dogen was also great for his wordplay. He would twist words. He'd, he'd do double and triple entendres. He'd make uh, subtle little, I guess we'd call them word jokes or puns. Uh, it's very difficult to get a sense of that. If, you, if you'd let me read a couple of sentences of something, it may give an example. Sure, go ahead. Dogen, in one of his works, was working with an already fantastic image from the Lotus Suit. It was what passed in the day for, you know, Star Wars and special effects. This was a scene that was supposed to show the power and magic of the Buddha teaching, because a great stupa, a stupa is a, a kind of power or pagoda, where something sacred is held within. In this case, there's actually a Buddha sitting inside this stupa. This stupa rises out of the ground, and it's not any stupa. It's uh, hundreds of miles long and hundreds of miles tall, and it rises. This is not Dogen, by the way. This is the Lotus Sutra he's working from, okay? So it rises out of the uh, what's known as the Vulture Peak and hovers in the air, okay? Like, uh, we're, we're talking that this, this is Hollywood special effects couldn't do this any better than... This is like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Absolutely, man. There are lights here, and you're going to see... Uh, what an image this is. Let me read it. This is the... Not Dogen. This is the original. At this time, before the Buddha, a stupa of seven treasures, gold, silver, pearl, etc., 500 yohanas in height, a Johanna is immense. And 250 Johannas in length and breadth sprang up from the earth and abided in the sky. Okay? That's the image. That's pretty spacey. Spacey. You get double spacey. Triple spacey <laughs> when you get the Dogen. Because here's how Dogen expressed it. Remember, it sprung up from Vulture Peak. And here's what Dogen says. Well, man, Vulture Peak is within the stupa. And the treasure stupa is on Vulture Peak. The treasure stupa is a stupa of treasure abiding in space. And space opens space for the treasure stupa. The timeless Buddha within the stupa shares a seat with the other Buddha. You get the what he did? He just twisted it up, man. Yeah, and uh, and listeners, I suggest you skip back about 30 seconds and listen to that passage again a couple of times. Um, because one of the interesting things you're saying about Dogen, you want to get the feeling of the words. People try to plow through books sometimes. And I think with Dogen, you need to pick a fascicle and read it a half a dozen times and think about it over time to start to understand the subtle all of the, the the music that's going on there to try and learn the tune yourself. I don't think you have to think about it. You have to let it wash over you and wash through you. You know, he's not, you know, what is Dogen's point here about the space opening for the, the it's a beautiful image, the space opening for the stupa. It just means that, man, the stupa was everywhere and space made space for the stupa. What a wonderful image. It's just what Dogen came up with in his wordplay. And I don't think even Dogen knew what it meant, but he knew what he felt. That's the thing. 
Fair point. Okay, so one of the important things about Dogen's approach to Zen, or Tao Dong, which became Zen, was how we sit Zazen, how we practice Zazen. Dogen's approach was quite different from what was the norm before then. Dogen is also expressing in the Zazen the deep interconnection and interpenetration of all things. That's what we're going to talk about the dance in a sec. The dance is when all things flow into all things. All the dancers are the other dancers. In your step of the dance is every step of the dance ever taken in the past or which will ever be taken in the future. On that side of the stage or this side of the stage by anything in the universe, okay? When you sit Zazen, it is that dance. Your Zazen encompasses everything of the past. It holds everything that will come in the future. It holds what is happening on the other side of the galaxy. It holds what is happening on the smallest cell within you just by sitting Zazen. Zazen encompasses the universe. Zazen is the dance. It's the step of the dance where we sit perfectly still. I'm going to link in the show notes to episode number 13 of the podcast, Meditation is Easy, where you describe the type of meditation, shikantaza, um, that Dogen talked about. Absolutely. We sit with the idea that human beings are constantly judging, measuring, thinking where we have to go, and most importantly, dividing the world into pieces, including me and you and the other guy, my friend, my enemy, all that. The times I love, the times I hate, the things I fear, the things I hope for, right? How about if we sit and just stop all that? That was Dogen's beautiful idea. Just let everything be as it is. And we sit in that completion. That's his Shikantaza Zazen. Your description of everything interpenetrating um, makes me think about a subject I know very, very little about, but I've read a tiny bit, and that's quantum mechanics. The way quantum theory suggests that everything is interpenetrating, or everything influences everything else, and it's as if he came up with this eight centuries before the, the scientists did. You know, I, I'm not going to say that he anticipated quantum mechanics. but no, of course not. But there is uh, so much commonality these days between much that modern physics, even biology, is telling us about how we're not just individuals. We're part of system. We're part of ecosystem. We're part of this earth. We're part of fields. And we feel as separate individuals, but really we are all things and phenomena interacting. My friend who's a physicist tells me that if I make a motion here and change gravity a little bit, it has some subtle effect, even if almost immeasurable, everywhere in the universe. It affects everything. It's like if you have a sheet on a bed and you put your finger down in one corner of the bed, it pulls all the strands everywhere, even slightly everywhere around the sheet. Well, the universe is constructed like this. And this is the dance. This is why the book is called The Zen Master's Dance, because the images of a, a process that you can't nail down. A dance is not something you can put in a jar. You can't pin it to a wall. It's an ongoing spectacle in which everything is involved, everything, not just the stage and the lights above, every dancer, 
creates the dance. Well, who are the dancers of this reality? Everything in the universe. Everything. That reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite um, authors. Um, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. I had to learn that in high school. You've got a chapter um, entitled Realizing the Truth Right Here. And to me, that's probably the most important message of Zogan. We are in such a disconnected world. People are suffering right now. We wonder who we are. We wonder why days sometimes seem so bleak. If we could learn to see all the world and our life as a dance that includes the happy scenes and the sad scenes, where everything, even the things that seem disconnected, are really interflowing and connected. It's healing. It's what we need now. You know, we resist life. Why can't we just dance through? There are times in life that we find so ugly and sad. Why can't we accept them as just the sad scene on stage and the happy scene? It's all our life. If life was only frozen, if life was unmoving, if life was only, let's say, comedy, it would not be life. So to see something as a drama and as a dance, I think is just what the heart needs. It's, it's how we make sense of who we are. You see, you are a dancer. And more than that, you're not just a dancer. You are the dance. You cannot, in Dogen's vision, you cannot separate the dancers from the dance. It's not that there is no dance without dancers. There are no dancers without the dance. Literally, the dance spun you out for a time, and when your time comes, it will spin you back in. But the dance is who you are. It's ongoing before your birth. It will continue after your death. But you know what? It's just you. So where are you going, and where did you come from? This is the Zen vision, that we come from nowhere, we go nowhere, even though it appears on the surface that we're born and we die. But the dance, the dance is who Kirk is and will always be. Cosmica. That's a pretty heady concept. Yeah, I've had discussions like that back when I was a teenager, um, having had some recreational influences um, to make the world seem very different. It, it is quite a concept. And... It's not something that I think you can understand intellectually, and I think that, that obviously you're the Roshi and I'm the student, but I, I would not be wrong to say that Zazen is what allows us to get glimpses of that concept. We avoid the drugs, which, by the way, will also open those windows. We avoid the drugs because it's an uncontrollable experience. Yes, a lot of narcotics, psychotropic substances, We'll open that window on the deep interconnection of all things. The thing about it, though, is it's too untamed. People experience it. They don't know what to do with the experience. They're unprepared for it. They're not prepared, right. And it, it messes up a lot of lives for that reason. You know, you just end up listening to Pink Floyd records, and, you know, the next thing you know, you're bagging <laughs> groceries. And, you know, I, I anyway, you're out of college. Anyway, so... Uh, if you sit Zazen and we practice and we learn to tame this wild horse, we learn to dance the dance with grace and balance. That's the trick. You see, you're dancing and like a, your life is a dance, 
you can mess that dance up by dancing with two left feet, by not watching what you're doing, by going off in angry and ugly directions. But if you dance with beauty, if you dance with caring, if you dance with grace and balance, your life is good and you make a beautiful dance. So that is our duty as dancers, to dance as best we can. Another concept in Dogen that I find really interesting, and when I first looked into Zen some decades ago, I had no idea how this worked, um, but it's the concept of practice enlightenment, practice realization, that yeah. right. you're not just practicing to practice in the sense of like a musician doing scales, that your practice itself is a form of enlightenment. And when so many people go into Zen or other forms of meditation, grasping at enlightenment, they can never reach it because they don't see that it's right there. Playing the music is the practice. Dancing the dance is the practice. And what he means by practice enlightenment is this. If you dance with grace and skill, if you live with the gentleness, the love, the equanimity of a Buddha, you're bringing enlightenment to life. Of course, if you do the opposite, if you dance with ugliness and anger and violence and excess desire, you're not doing those things. You're making an ugly dance. So our practice in enlightenment is how we dance the dance in this step and twirl and leap right here. That's our practice enlightenment. Just to pull a quote off of uh, Wikipedia on the page about Dogen, I'm not sure which translation this is. To practice the way single-heartedly is in itself enlightenment. There is no gap between practice and enlightenment or zazen and daily life. Right. The dance is not just realizing you are the dance. It's not just because, oh, I was born and Jundo said, I am the dance. No, no, no. You must feel it. You must get it in your bones. We do this through Zazen. But then we get up off at the cushion and we start to live. And that living is the dance. You experience the dance by dancing. And that dancing is our life. That's what he meant. These are difficult times and we need to be healed these days. How, how does your book help us with that? We're scared uh, because of the sickness and the fear. But if we can yield to the dance and just like a whirling dervish, let life carry us sometimes, the fear goes away. If we are worried about the world pulling apart, but we can just yield to how the world is as if it is just a, a great work of art that we're part of, it's healing. It's healing for the heart. These days, we have to stop seeing ourselves as so separate. We have to stop feeling so afraid and just yield. Let's dance. Okay. Uh, Jundo Cohen's new book, The Zen Master's Dance, A Guide to Understanding Dogen and Who You Are in the Universe. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to the Wisdom Publications website. You can buy the book in the U.S. You can buy the ebook. apparently around the world. You can buy it from Amazon or you can buy it also from Wisdom. And if you're anywhere else in the world, I, I believe it's around the end of November, it will be available. Where do we go from here, Roshi? What's next? Let's dance off and dance with grace. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating, tell your friends, 
You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. And if you want Jundo to answer your questions, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.